0: Welcome to The Indicator. It is a collaboration between the award-winning journalists at the Colorado Independent and KGNU Community Radio. It's a weekly show coming your way every week between now and the upcoming november elections taking a look at the very important governor's race and today we're speaking with corey hutchins whose very in-depth profile of the republican candidate walker stapleton is being published at coloradoindependent.com
1: let's win this election for the future generations that are counting on us thank you so much god bless you god bless the great state of
0: colorado well, Corey, you start off your first uh, instalment in the Stapleton profile really talking about the fact that he has not wanted to engage with the media and he's declined some interviews and has really not been open in the same way that we've seen Jared Polis. What access did you have to Walker Stapleton and, and how is his relationship with the media?
1: Uh, I think his relationship with with media has been has been mixed, uh, particularly in his general election campaign. Um, I covered uh, the primary. Um, he he got in the race in, in October of twenty seventeen, and uh, uh, you know, I, I did have uh, access to, to him uh, back then. Uh, we we I, I believe I was one of the few journalists who he actually sat down with. Um, we had lunch for for about forty five minutes, and um, he. Was uh, pretty open. He answered he answered questions I had for sure. Uh, after he won the primary, um, that did change. Uh, I, I had an, and thought I had an open line with his um, with his campaign and with the candidate. Uh, and after a while, um, I stopped getting emails returned and, and calls returned. And then I actually saw him at the uh, the Colorado State Fair uh, down in Pueblo for an event, and uh, came up to him and, and said, "Hey, I'm having trouble." getting in contact with you these days what's going on he told me that he didn't appreciate a a story that uh somebody wrote for the Colorado independent it was a, a guest post um about his about his great grandfather i i don't off the top of my head even particularly remember what exactly it was about i'd have to go back and reread it but he did not appreciate that at all and he, and he basically said if that's the kind of stuff that we're going to print um that he 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 wasn't he wasn't going to talk to me anymore or something like that uh and uh, and he, he kind of hasn't. So, um, you know, I had told him then that I was planning to write this profile and that I'd really like to sit down with him and, and talk to him again. And uh, he kind of said, we'll see. And that was, uh, boy, that was a month ago. And that sit-down interview hasn't happened yet.
0: His uh, great-grandfather was former mayor of Denver. And there has been a lot written, not just in the Colorado Independent, many other outlets locally have been talking about the ties to the Ku Klux Klan of his great-grandfather. And there's a big effort that's happening locally in Denver to rename the Stapleton neighbourhood because of that. But Walker Stapleton In his campaign ads touts that he is a fourth generation Coloradoan, really going back to his great grandfather. However, the reality is he actually grew up in Connecticut. Take us back to the early days of Walker Stapleton and the political connections that he has on both sides, his mother's side and the connections to the Bushes and then, of course, his father's side and the political connections here
1: in Colorado. His great grandfather, the the one you described here, who is the mayor of Denver, Benjamin uh, Stapleton, back in the uh, 1920s, 30s and 40s. And he was a a member of the Ku Klux Klan and he uh, appointed Klan's members to his administration. And, and that was not something that came up much in 2010 when Walker Stapleton first ran for office here in Colorado when he was introducing himself to voters. He he did lean on his great-grandfather's legacy as the mayor of Denver who created Red Rocks Amphitheater, for instance, or the first municipal airport, built parks and highways. Um, times have changed. And, and, and now, as you mentioned, the talk about his great-grandfather is not about those accomplishments. It is about his connections to the Ku Klux Klan. It's happening after all those monuments toppled across the South following that deadly Unite the Right white supremacist rally in in, uh, in Virginia. Um, it is the zeitgeist right now, and and he is having to contend with that. And, and he, um, I don't think, has... Uh, he certainly not wanted to talk about it. And he said, made very few public comments about it. He did talk to me about it. Um, he did not talk to the New York Times about it. He did recently uh, uh, say something about it on a, on a TV interview. Um, but it does go back to his his, his family connections in, in Colorado and, and beyond. And to get to, to your question about where he's from, you're right. He's in his ads. He, he calls himself a fourth generation Coloradan and, and he got popped by the fact checkers during the during his campaign for that. Um, he grew up in Greenwich, Connecticut. Greenwich, Connecticut is a, a pretty upscale part of, uh, of, of, you know, a small state on the East Coast. He went to a prep school called WIC. Uh, Peter Fonda went there. Uh, the Winklevoss twins of Facebook fame went there. Um, you know, the kids wear coat and ties. Tuition's more than $40,000 a year for, for high school. Uh, and uh, he went to Williams College, uh, where he got a political science degree. Williams is a, lib- a liberal arts college in the Berkshire Mountains of Massachusetts. Um, and uh, he-, he certainly spent more time in Connecticut uh, and Massachusetts uh, than he has in Colorado. He was only in Colorado for seven years before he he ran. For his first statewide public office before he ran for public office anywhere, so he's an interesting phenomenon, and that was one of um, one of the things I wanted to get at in this piece and and, and try and really understand was um, where did Walker Stapleton come from um, he you know he's, he was a political unknown eight years ago, and now he is the Republican nominee for governor in a very important swing state in this country uh, and so that's kind of where I focused my attention on you know, where he came from. What, what did he do in business? He pitched himself as, uh, in his campaigns, he's pitched himself as a job creator who balanced the books and a businessman who's involved in real estate and banking. Um, and what I found is that, he, you know, he he did have a background in business, but it was, it, 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 I don't know how really extensive it was. He um, He started after... Uh, Williams College. He worked for an investment banking firm called Hamrick and Quist for about two years. Uh, it was in San Francisco. And, and then he got a job at a startup. Uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area called Live 365, which was the first internet radio community, uh, streaming internet 101 startup. Um, and I talked to people who work there and asked, like, you know, how, how, did, he, how did he get involved in, in that company? And people couldn't really remember. But um, in talking to people throughout his life, what people do remember about him is that it seems like everybody who's ever met him um, knows that he's a, a member of the Bush family. Uh, that seems to come up quite a bit. When he was at Williams College, uh, classmates who, who recall him remember him calling them from the Lincoln bedroom. Uh, his uncle George H. W. Bush was was running uh, for president at the time, and his his uncle actually did the commencement speech in 1996 at Williams College, the year that, that Walker graduated. Um, I think his name Walker comes from the comes from the Bush family, right? Um, and it's interesting, that, you know, he it comes from his mother's side. His mother's side is the, the Bush Republicans, and his father's side was the Stapleton name, and, and they were, like, old-time Democrats. Um, his his grandfather, Ben Stapleton, who founded the uh, powerhouse Denver law firm Ireland Stapleton, um, was a good friend and supporter of Gary Hart's, and uh, would, like, fly around with him on the campaign plane, and, and Gary Hart told me that he, he recalls even flying out to Greenwich, Connecticut, and, and Walker's parents hosting a, a little event for him, um, even though he was a Democrat running for president that year in, in I think, 1984 or something. And uh, he kind of laughed and said, I, I remember being at this, in this uh, like upscale neighborhood in Greenwich, Connecticut uh, with, the, with the Stapletons and somebody telling me, you know, they're related to the Bushes. And he kind of laughed and said, I, I thought that was all very interesting.
0: Well, in terms of his business credentials, I mean, he did attend uh, prep school in Connecticut, but he went on to the London School of Economics, the Harvard Business School, and then Ultimately, he took the helm of what was really a family company when he became CEO and CFO of Sonoma West. And that kind of complicated things a little bit when he ultimately became the state treasurer here in Colorado. He won that election back in 2010. Take us back to to that time and and this company that I think is a California based company, but actually he was running it while he was here in Colorado.
1: Yeah. um, So, okay. so Walker Stapleton moves to Colorado after Harvard Business School in in 2003, and he got a job uh, doing real estate acquisitions at Lamar, which is a big real estate company, and he was going to handle trying to find inventory for them on the West Coast. Um, it didn't really work out. He worked there for about a, a year, and I, I talked to the CEO of the company, who just kind of recalled that um, he he found. Inventory for them, but they they never ended up buying it. And I think he he's, he said that he thought you know, Walker was getting frustrated that uh, they they could they couldn't buy anything. And and um, you know, they, he said that he, they kind of left on mutual terms. And the the quote that the CEO gave me was he was frustrated not finding projects. We were frustrated uh, we couldn't buy anything. Um, and that was let's see, two thousand three, two thousand four. Uh, and he ends up running for office for the first time in 2010. So in between those times, yeah, he ended up uh, getting more involved with this company called Sonoma West, which he he calls a small publicly traded uh, real estate firm. I believe his family owned close to – family members owned close to half the stock at the time. Uh, it wasn't a very big company to be publicly traded. And uh, for this profile, we actually had a, a, a business journalist, David Milstead, who has 25 years of uh, business journalism experience looking at SEC filings. And, and he he looked at the SEC filings for us, and he he uh, you know, helped, helped write the section of, about Sonoma West. and ended up talking to a former investor in the company who um, basically said that— uh, you know, the quote he gave us was that when when we were shareholders and and Walker was the CEO, um, he said that Sonoma West was just not a quote significant enterprise. Um, he said the real economic engine of the company was was Walker's father, and he seemed to be well connected. and He invested the company's cash in a, a telecommunications company called Metro PCS because uh, the shares were in, in rapid growth mode at the time. Uh, but it did cause a bit of a. a kerfuffle for for Walker uh, back when he, after he won the Republican primary and, and he won the general election to become state treasurer in 2010, um, somebody had reported that SEC filings showed that he was going to be working as a, some kind of consultant for this business uh, while he was in office, it was kind of a moonlighting thing, and I think journalists were asking him questions like, you know, well, you know, what, what does that say about how much time are you going to be spending in the office, or, um, you know, h- how much time are you going to be spending outside of the office on these projects? What are you going to do? Uh, so yeah, that that did come up, come up, and and um, you know, it, it's perennially comes up in in Colorado elections. I think we're going to have a story on the ColoradoIndependent.com website today or tomorrow about uh, some other candidates who say that they're going to moonlight or or have been moonlighting while in office uh, so yeah that, that issue with, with Sonoma West and, and what he actually did for that company uh, has kind of come up in, in previous campaigns that he's run and it's come up again in this election as well
0: You're listening to The Indicator a collaboration between the Colorado Independent and KGNU Community Radio Station part of the Rocky Mountain Community Radio Coalition We're speaking with the Indy reporter Corey Hutchins You can catch his in-depth profile of Walker Stapleton, the Republican candidate in the gubernatorial race, at coloradoindependent.com. Well, in terms of his term in office, he's currently in the second term as state treasurer and uh, he won his first bid in 2010 but as you said he kind of came out of nowhere certainly on the political front take us to his decision because I think he announced it relatively late I think it was around April of that year he launched his bid and while he did seem to come out of nowhere he certainly had quite a lot of political connections.
1: Yeah a, he came out of nowhere in 2010, in his first run. But after, you know, two terms of being state treasurer, he kind of built himself up on the on the Republican bench in Colorado, right? I mean, um, he, and it, and it should, we should note that in 2010, he beat Kerry Kennedy, who's the a, a popular uh, incumbent, um, a Democrat who was running the uh, Treasury's office back then. And she was kind of seen at the time as a rising star uh, in the Democratic Party. You know, she ended up running for governor this year and it didn't work out. She lost in the primary to Jared Polis. Um, But uh, you know, his kind of snuffing out of a rising star in 2010 did not go unnoticed. turned Turned some Republican heads in the state.
0: My family's been here in Colorado for four generations and I'm happy to call this beautiful state my home. I'm Walker Stapleton. I'm Jenna Stapleton, and this is our son, Craig. And with your help, I'm going to be Colorado's next state
1: treasurer.
0: <laughs> you know, I asked him,
1: sir, one of the big questions I had for him was, you know, he, you grew up on the East Coast. You you went to California and you worked there for a while. Um, how did you end up in in Colorado? I, I, I might have straight up asked him, you know, did you move here you know, thinking about running for public office? And um, he kind of said no. He... he, he always knew he wanted to give back he, he thought maybe maybe he'd lead some kind of charity or something like that um but he did say that he came from a political family and maybe that had something to do with it um and so he decides to, to run in, in 2010, becomes treasurer. And in, during these debates, uh, I think this is worth noting too, during debates in the primary and in general elections, you know, is, when you're running for a state offices, like secretary of state or, or state treasurer or attorney general, a debate moderator is, is eventually going to ask like, hey, do you have your, your sights set on higher office? Uh, and in each instance, he was asked that. He, he kind of kind of poo-pooed that and, and said, no, no I'm, I'm a private sector guy and I'm going to speak from my heart and, and, and go back to the the." private sector. I'll, I'll never become a professional politician or something like that. Um, but I think it's pretty clear that after he won statewide office and became the state treasurer that he he kind of started checking all the right boxes to, to kind of run for governor. So after he won his, his last election, um, he started really putting his, getting his name and face out there in front of a statewide audience. Uh, he there was a, a, a campaign to run a ballot measure that was going to bring universal or single-payer style healthcare to Colorado called Colorado Care in 2016. Bernie Sanders supported it. Um, and Walker Stapleton, as the state treasurer... Not as a candidate for governor, certainly as a potential candidate for governor. I think uh, Politico's in Colorado assumed he was going to run, but he he put off officially announcing for for quite a while, while others announced. Um, he became the the public face of this campaign against Colorado Care, so he was able to tour these uh, you know, mountain towns around the state and get into the rural areas and some of the bigger cities and and really fight against what he called a uh, Bernie Sanders Bernie Sanders style tax increase. Um, that was going to bankrupt the state. And, and it was a widely unpopular measure. It went down in flames at the ballot box. A lot of uh, big-name Democrats didn't even support it. And I think a lot of folks who pay attention to politics kind of saw that as his kind of coming out moment where, um, okay, this potential candidate for governor is out there kind of railing against this thing. What's he? You know, he's the state treasurer. What's he really want? We wanted to become governor. Um, also a group called uh, U.S. Term Limits. Um, term Limits are something I think poll really well with republicans and democrats uh they launched this kind of statewide campaign about term limits and, and used walker stapleton's face and name uh and used him as the pitch man for this um for this popular proposal uh and so you know you'd pick up your cell phone and go on instagram and you'd see this ad for u.s term limits with uh, state treasurer walker stapleton so certainly was able to uh, kind of introduce himself uh digitally um, and I think he held at least one, one rally about this at the Statehouse, to a kind of broader audience. Um, and something else uh, that he did uh, that was notable before he f- formally announced his candidacy for governor was he a, a super PAC-style group had popped up uh, in Colorado called Better Colorado Now. Colorado has relatively low limits on what people can give to candidates. Um, some people say that's great. It uh, helps keep money out of politics. Some people... Say no, it's not because what it does is it it limits the amount that you can give to a candidate, and it pushes to pushes that money into these kind of more shadowy groups like these 527 organizations are called, or politically oriented nonprofits, or super PAC style groups. Um, so we have this prolif- proliferation of of these kind of groups that kind of orbit these candidates and raise and spend unlimited amounts of money on their behalf. And the the general rule is the candidates aren't supposed to have anything to do with them; they stay away. They don't talk too much about them. They can't tell them what to do. Uh, but this PAC, the super PAC-style group, Better Colorado Now popped up, and Walker Stapleton as state treasurer, uh, or just as an individual, um, would kind of go to fundraisers and kind of steer money towards this pack. And uh, close, uh, close observers to politics thought, hmm, this pack is probably going to be the one that supports him when he decides to run for governor. But since he wasn't an announced candidate for governor, he was uh, apparently allowed to to do this. He couldn't do it once he became a candidate. And an interesting parallel to that. uh, It was new um, for somebody to do something like that in Colorado. I remember talking to the kind of usual suspects who talk about ethics issues in Colorado, and they would say, we haven't really seen this before, but we have seen it at the national level jeb bush when he ran for president in 2016 did something very similar and people thought it was a kind of pioneering thing at the time in the realm of campaign finance a pretty novel idea put off your official announcement while helping raise money um for this pack and and then once you uh, announce you, you don't talk about it anymore um that's what he did so he kind of took this playbook from his cousin uh jeb bush and, and used it here in colorado and the denver post their editorial page kind of wagged a finger at him and said you know we we really wish you hadn't sent us down this path because um perhaps if it works well other people are going to follow this.
0: Give us a sense of his policy positions and and what could be ahead if voters approve Walker Stapleton this November
1: yeah, so he's kind of a i think I see him as he's kind of a traditional mainstream you know, Bush-style Republican. I don't. You don't see him really uh, talking about a lot of like uh, really far-right uh, red meat, socially conservative issues. For instance, he did not rise up through some kind of movement conservative politics. Like he doesn't have a ready-made base from the anti-abortion crowd or the gun rights groups. Um, or or these kind of, you know, like Tea tea Party, Liberty folks. He's just kind of like the suit-wearing country club, mainstream Republican guy. Uh, But he did have to run to the right in the primary. As I said before, he embraced the immigration firebrand Tom Tancredo, and he ran ads on television where he used the the term illegal aliens, and he said he was going to stand with Donald Trump On getting illegal aliens who who commit crimes deported. Uh, So, you know, talking to some Republicans in the primary, I think there was a bit of some eye rolling, like, is he, you know, he really had to kind of do that uh, to win? Would he keep it up in the general? Um, Somebody told me, who uh, is a is a friend of his and, and a supporter, uh, Sean Duffy, who is the deputy chief of staff to to former Governor Bill Owens. He told me that Staple. He said he won't be a guy who's who's waving a bloody shirt and running around the second floor of the State House with a meat axe. Um, he's a guy who wants to make a difference. He's he's a he's a political realist, uh, and it's it's quite likely that the legislature um, will be split. Uh, With Republicans uh, maybe controlling the Senate and Democrats certainly controlling the House, it's very also almost just as possible that the Democrats could have full control of the legislature. Uh, So how much Walker Stapleton would really be able to do uh, would be left to executive orders and really having to kind of compromise uh, with uh, a dem, you know, with Democrats in the legislature to get things done, um, he does have some ideas uh, when it comes to health care. For instance, he wants to get some waivers from the federal government that would allow people in Colorado to, to have different kinds of plans. For instance, catastrophic plans that aren't allowed under the uh, Affordable Care Act at this time. Um, but really, he's running like against Jared Polis. When I see him go and give a speech. To some little Republican group or about 20 people show up. Uh, he'll just kind of, if there's a theme, it's, you know, we can't elect Jared Polis and I'm the man standing in the breach. Uh, it would be so bad for Colorado for this reason or that reason. He talks less about what he wants to do and, and more about um, how awful it would be to, to elect his opponent. Uh, he's a proponent of um, school choice, he's been a vocal. Uh, advocate for the state's oil and gas industry. For instance, when when he started running, he said, like, I am running um, in large part uh, because he thought he thinks Jared Polis is going to drive the energy industry out of Colorado. And he, in a debate, he went as far in the primary as to basically beg for money from the oil and gas industry to help fund his campaign. Interestingly enough, it hasn't really... Uh, happened. I, I, he gets money from the oil and gas industry. Um, but they've not really come out yet in this election and gone after his opponent. Uh, I it's I think it's fair to say that, that the oil and gas industry has, has not stepped up yet in the general election to um, really go to bat for the Republican nominee, which is a, a pretty interesting development. Um, he's talked about, uh, you know, he doesn't want to raise taxes. Um, he doesn't want to do anything with Tabor. He'd be perhaps open to uh, looking at reconfiguring the Gallagher Amendment. Um, He wants to defund uh, so-called sanctuary cities, Uh, and he he, he says he would do anything in his power uh, to make sure that um, we don't have sanctuary cities here in in Colorado. Uh, He believes too many medical marijuana card holders in in Colorado don't don't actually need those cards, so he kind of want to he he thinks they're just I think maybe trying to pay fewer fewer pot taxes by having them so he I think he wants to take a look at that um, and and he's been you know as transportation he he says that um, you know, he does not support a ballot measure that would uh, that would that would raise taxes um, I think he supports one that would he wants to rebond gas tax revenue uh, to pay for roads and he just thinks that more transparency in the C budget and would you know they could find the money somewhere and that's kind of where he is on education too he, he's been recently digging into school finance data and uh show pointing out to the media how um he sees that uh money is is not going so much to students and classrooms as, as it is to administrators and so he says he wants to lance that administrative bloat and we can uh you know find the find the money there uh to to make sure teachers get paid more and, and stuff like that. Uh, so that's what he's kind of been talking about on the campaign trail. And if that doesn't sound uh, super exciting, uh, <laughs> uh, I kind of I kind of feel like that's just how, it, how his campaign's been more focused on his opponent uh, than really on himself. Just as we finish
0: up, Corey, what about some of the broader dynamics around this election? And I'm really talking about the Trump effect. Is that going to impact Walker Stapleton and even some of This backlash that we are seeing a little bit uh, connected to what's happened with Brett Kavanaugh around white male privilege connected to a prep school background. There have been a lot of editorials and a lot of discussion, certainly on social media about this. Will any of this rub off on Walker Stapleton?
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, I mean, he he ran as a Republican in Colorado, which is a swing state, a a purple state, right? We are not a a red state. Uh, He ran in 2010 on a year uh, that was really good for Republicans. It was the Tea Party year, there were those Don't Tread on Me flags at these rallies, it was the backlash to Obamacare and Obama being in office. He ran, he picked a great year to get into Republican politics in this state. So he he gets in and then he ran again in 2014, which is, a, which is another good year for Republicans. Um, he had to have been a good politician to get where he got, but he was also kind of a product of, of the political atmosphere. This time it is the complete opposite. He is running as a Republican who embraced Donald Trump and said he would campaign with Donald Trump in Colorado in a state that went for Hillary Clinton for five points. Um, and where nationally the handicappers see this race as leaning democratic in a year where they talk about a blue wave. Um, It's also, you know, a, a year where it's it's tough for him to talk about his great-grandfather because of his connections to the Ku Klux Klan and all this stuff that's coming out. I mean, he just had a movie come out called Black Klansman, right? Where It was based in Colorado Springs. Uh, you have this movement in the Stapleton neighborhood to get rid of the name. Uh, that's happening in a year that he's running for for the governorship. I mean, people are talking about that. Um, and certainly, yeah, it's just all this, this stuff about Kavanaugh and backlash to that. Uh, it's certainly not going to help him. So he's, he's got um, a lot of work to do uh, to, to overcome uh, all that and everything else in, in this election as a Republican in Colorado. Well, people can read
0: Corey Hutchins' in-depth profile of Walker Stapleton, the Republican candidate in the gubernatorial race here in Colorado. It's online at coloradoindependent.com. And Corey, thanks for being with us on The Indicator, which is a weekly podcast and radio show, a collaboration between KGNU and the Colorado Independent, as they are doing a lot of in-depth coverage of this incredibly important and hotly contested and certainly very closely watched gubernatorial race. Corey Hutchins, thanks very much. Well, thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Thanks for listening to The Indicator. Catch new episodes every week between now and the November elections. For KGNU, I'm Maeve Conran.